Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to JT and the Don. Another episode for you. I am the Don Zanato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio app, and wherever else you find your favorite podcasts. We have a special guest today, our in-house resident NFL expert. But first, let me welcome in everyone's favorite Jimmy Thompson, JT, how you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good, man. As you can see, I got my Ravens hat on. So, you know, I got two Steelers fans on. So I feel like I got to get you guys off your game. But before we get to that, uh, I want to say a little bit about our uh, in-house. Hold, NF- on. hold on. Hold on. Are, hold you, on. are you interrupting you, me? See, there you yes, go. Yes, yes. Because that's just petty. Okay. Again, you have no respect for our guests. They take their time to come on and you rub it in with that ugly hat, which I'm so glad I can't see. Like it's getting cut off in in my uh in the picture. So I'm good. First I'm good. of all, first of all, it's it's really just about pissing you off, but I guess if you know he's a casualty, so be it. He's collateral damage. He's collateral damage. <laughs> but no, all seriousness, um our in-house NFL expert, uh Chad Fox, uh thanks for coming back on. He actually is. If you don't know, you can look this up. He is a football legend in Brevard County. He's the only guy that they retired his jersey in high school at his school. Woo! I think you, Chad, were you like a three-star on Rivals? He was Man. like the number number 40th ranked athlete in Florida. And the guy's still doing it at age. I don't know how old he is. He's old as hell right now. But he just took back a 100-yard pick six for the intramural championship yesterday. So, without further ado, let's bring in Chad Fox. How you doing, man? Hey, man. It's great to be back. I'm flattered with the intro, man. But you ain't got to tell these people tall tales, man. It's been a long time since episode 20. So, you know, I've been chomping at the bit to get back. And, you know, I, I hate to talk about my own personal accolades. So, let's get to the he, real hero. He, li- he, li- he, literally sent us, he literally sent us a mass text yesterday. He was like, yeah, I still got it. I took it back 100 yards. So, no, nah, nah, honestly, real talk, he's probably one of the most athletic people I've ever met. So, And he knows his nah, football stuff, man. so we're glad to have you back on. Nah, thanks well, for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Chad, uh, again, thank you uh, for coming on, taking your time to be on and, and give your expert NFL um, opinions. And let's, uh, let's, let's get into it. Actually, Chad, why don't you tell the fans how they can find you uh, on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, and Instagram, actually, at uh, F-O-X-C, as in cat, 2008. Um, so that's my that's my tag on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Um, so go ahead, give me a follow, give me a shout, and uh, you'll see me tagged on almost everything these guys do, because like I said before, the last time I was on, man, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I've been around since day one, so, you know, you got to support your boy, so. All right, we, we appreciate that. So, one guy, Jimmy G, um, and I want to let the listeners know, this is how we're going to do this episode. 
One of the biggest things JT and I said with this show is that we're going to hold ourselves accountable, all right? If you look on all the, the big sports talk radio shows and on television, they make all these predictions, all these wild predictions. And then at the end of the season, at the end of the day, they just act like listeners, fans, like just hope to forget about some of the ridiculous predictions they make. Well, JT and I, we don't believe in that. We believe in holding ourselves accountable. So the way we're going to do this show, the first half is we're going to go back through all of our NFL uh, picks during our preview show back in like beginning of September. And we're going to call each other out on a lot of mistakes. And then the second part of the show, we're going to go and basically kind of recap, not the season, but the Super Bowl, and then kind of look briefly into next season. So we hope you enjoy it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Chad Fox, he's going to come out looking good because he didn't make any of these terrible predictions. I know, he got so lucky. <laughs> Let me just say, I so, would have got them all right, fellas. So. <laughs> hey, <laughs> save you the embarrassment. <laughs> that's why you're the in-house resident expert. I mean, if he's anything like our college football experts, he's probably right because they got a lot of the stuff right, too. They did. They did. Hey, only the best for this show. Always. So, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo season. At the beginning, JT, one of the questions that you asked was – um, did the were the 49ers having buyer's remorse already because they had signed him, I believe, back in 2018 to a five-year, $137.5 million contract. And you asked that question. <laughs> it was based on a very, very rough first preseason game. Oh, so, the preseason where he threw like four <laughs> picks a game. <laughs> he was averaging more, more interceptions than yards. It was one game, one game. So... <laughs> I said he is worth the contract, and ironically, you actually also thought he was worth it in that it was unfair to him to take all that criticism after one preseason game. And if you look back, I, I still think we're right. Chad, you can jump in here, but this is why I think we're right. He gets them to the Super Bowl. A lot of people can argue who really got them there, but hey, he was the quarterback, stayed healthy, and worst case now, they've paid him basically two years, $60.5 million dollars, but if they cut him, he's only worth $4.2 million of dead cap. So meaning he only counts for $4.2 million against the cap next year. So they're basically walking away from him if they want to. Whereas Antonio Brown, when the Steelers traded him, he still counted this past year for $21 million against the cap. So that's why I think JT and I are right. What, do, would you agree with me or do you think they should have buyer's remorse? Uh, I, I definitely got to agree with you guys on that one. Just looking back, thinking about uh, your predictions earlier in the season, uh, the NFL is a quarterback-driven driven league. And, you know, the 49ers are banking on Jimmy G coming in, solidifying that position for them, knowing that they had a young team around them with playmakers and a very solid defense. So um, that's the cost of doing business right now in the NFL. Um, if you look around, Kirk Cousins' contract, which obviously is uh, – it was guaranteed, so it's not as uh, it, it's basically uh, they're they're tied to that. Whereas this contract's a lot more team friendly, and uh, to me, you got to take your chances and roll with a guy who you think you get that can take you to the promised land. He showed at minimum he could manage a game and get them there. Uh, now, so. ch now, now, Chad, here's the thing. I w I was in agreement in the beginning of the season, but as time went on and the playoffs showed, I'm a little bit on the fence. How much of it is do you think it's not necessarily they're having buyer's remorse, but at times they're trying to hide their $100 million quarterback because 
say what you want. He only passed the ball, what, eight times against the Packers. He looked okay in the game before, and the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl, he basically did not play as well as Mahomes. Do you think maybe going into next season, they're like, you know what? We Jimmy G might not be what we thought he was when we signed we signed him to this big deal. Um, I can't disagree with you what you're saying there, but you also got to remember with eight minutes left in the Super Bowl, he led his team to a ten point lead, and it was the offensive court or the the head coach who is um, he's the offensive ir- coordinator too. You're ironically, right. <laughs> the offensive coordinator who was also the offensive coordinator what a couple Super Bowls ago when the team. Team blew a fourth quarter lead, so oh, the, oh, the twenty-eight to three. Oh yeah. man, yeah, we know. so I, I hate to bring it up to Falcons fans, but man, so no, bring it, that up. It, as much as uh, people want to blame Jimmy G for you know kind of that meltdown in the fourth quarter uh, last night by the by the 49ers, you also got to look at who's calling the plays. And I thought Jimmy G up to that point, I think he was like eighteen for twenty-two. He played pretty efficient. He made he made the right throws when he needed to. So. Um, yeah, could he have played a little better? Could he have brought him back in Tom Brady fashion? As much as it pains me to say that, because you know I can't stand the Patriots. But yeah, he could have done that. But at the same time, they didn't have to be in that position because they could have kept their foot in the gas and tried to score a couple more touchdowns instead of trying to run the clock out. So um, you know that's that that's my yeah. quick take on it. And and JT, I gotta call you out on this because. You know, you like to run your mouth sometimes. Oh, you were, oh, J- you, oh, you were setting me up. Oh, I see. I see what's going on. I got you. The old okey doke. Yep. Um, JT had also said real soon. He had also said during that segment, "I got to get my shots in early here because yeah, I'm going to take we're com- a we're coming with We're coming with <laughs> knockout blows. Just wait. Go ahead. Mike Tyson uppercuts. Um, JT had said the league had caught up to Kyle Shanahan's play calling. And he is, he is not looking anywhere like he was at other spots in the NFL. Well, up until about seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter of Super Bowl 54, Kyle Shanahan looked pretty darn good, but he does what he normally does. Can't finish the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl. But anyway, JT, I did have to take a little dig uh, on you there, so I do apologize. But go ahead, lead us into the next section because it's brutal for me. Was that like a like a soft bullet? You're like, just don't <laughs> just don't hurt me, right? Just be nice. Oh, you just can't trust you. All right, so this is the part of the show where we go through all of our predictions from the preseason. So we're gonna see just how bad we did. So let's kick it off with the MVP. So we each picked one player preseason that we thought would win the MVP. Foolishly, I was talked into picking Aaron Rodgers, and Donato picked Baker Mayfield. Uh, Chad, who won the MVP? Man, uh, your boy Lamar Jackson came down with the MVP. Again, uh, the Steelers rival, me being a big Steelers fan, it's hard to say that. It's hard to admit it. Um, But what I will say, because I was on that early show, and I know it's not about me right now, but uh, I did say he was a franchise quarterback early in the season. That's all I'm going to throw in there. Yeah, I did say he was the MVP months ago. But anyway, um can we can we just get to the can we just get to the point? This guy said Baker Mayfield was gonna be the MVP. Donato, I just wanna know. Cause I mean the hype for Mayfield was out of control in the beginning of the season. What, what were you what were you doing? Like what I made bu- you think that Baker Mayfield bu- would play that well where he would win the MVP? Cause I bought the Kool-Aid. I, I drank the Kool-Aid. Well I'm sorry. I, I don't I don't know what was, I messed up. What was terrible, in that Kool-Aid? Terrible. It wasn't. It wasn't just just Kool Aid. Something else was in there. 
How, how sour was that Kool-Aid when the Browns were like two and seven? You know what's funny? T- tasted sour. You know, even at one point, he still was on the bandwagon of like, oh, Cleveland's still the best team in the division. I'm like, Donato, the Ravens are going to run away with this. Like, it's over. Eddie, can we go to Offensive Player of the Year? All right, so uh, Offensive Player of the Year, we both oddly picked Alvin Kamara. Uh, Chad, who walked away with that one? Uh, that was Michael Thomas, who broke the season receptions record. Uh, the dude was on a roll. He tore it up. Um, I will give you guys props, though, because at least you had the right team. Yeah, um, I was going to say Yeah, it that. was supposed Thank to be you. Kamara. So so basically, they heard your prediction and double-teamed Kamara. So, you know, Thomas was wide open every play. I'll, I'll give you guys the benefit of the doubt right there. All right, I like it, Chad. Thank you. Thank you. All right, defensive player of the year. I picked Aaron Donald. Donato, again, picked Bradley Chubb. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, who walked away with this one? So, man, I, I this one was tough for me because I had my own opinion on who who should have won the award. But Stephon been Minka, uh, Minka, man, Stephon Gilmore came down with it from the Patriots. Uh, he was a lockdown corner until what week seventeen when he got done up by. Uh, he basically reju- rejuvenated a Dolphins receiver's career. Uh, no, that um, was the that was the Eagles. <laughs> the Eagles did that first <laughs> by getting mossed up and down the field. But yeah, no. Uh, Gilmore had a solid season, man. So, but no, I, I like y'all going out. And I, well, I like the Don going out in a limb and taking Bradley Chubb, Aaron Donald. Uh, that was a safe pick, but uh, yeah, that Chubb pick. I, I'll give you some props for taking a shot on that one. Donald oh, still you. had twelve and a half sacks, second most of his career. I don't think he was that bad. All right, let's go. This is this is where I think it gets better for Donato. Let's go, offensive rookie of the year. He picked Josh Jacobs. I picked David Montgomery of the Bears. Chad, who won that one? Yeah, that came down to, as usual, the most important position, you know, on the football field, which was Kyler Murray. Um, The guy went off for having a team that didn't have um, a lot of weapons around him. You know, he did probably the best he could for what he had and being having a lot of scrutiny for the number one pick. I thought he balled out for the most part. But, yeah, you guys – you guys, I, you know, I like both of your picks. I thought both of those guys had really big preseasons, so I can't knock you for either of those either. I thought Josh Jacobs should have won the award. I got to give Donato credit. I really thought he would walk away with that one, but you're right. They had to give it to the quarterback. Oh, for sure. All right. A.J. Brown has something to say about that. So, defensive <laughs> – Check out – JT, JT, put a shameless plug in for us for the IG account. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. You can do it. You do that so well. Shameless plugs. There we go. Show us Listen, how to do J- it. JT does such a great job with our social media. Uh, follow us, of course, at JT and the Dawn. But if you go to Instagram, it's going to be a great uh, post that he has about how AJ responded to hearing that Kyler Murray was the uh, offensive rookie of the year. So, and, and and please leave a please leave a comment. All right. So, defensive rookie of the year, I had Ed Oliver from the Bills, Donato. With the home team, linebacker Devin Bush, which look, it looked like it was a good pick at the time. Ooh, at the time, <laughs> at it was time. great. It was great at the, up to through the end, up to now. It's so, still a great pick. Chad. <laughs> Thank you. Chad, obviously, I think we, we all know who won this one because it wasn't He should have won. He no, should have won. He should have won. Chad, you know how difficult you, it is to play. Can you announce the winner? See, yeah. this is where, where we're going to get off track because I'm with two Steelers fans. 
Chad, yeah. who was the winner? Uh, Nick Bosa won the award. He was an, uh, an amazing rookie. He made he's huge. a wrecking ball. There's no way he could not yeah. have walked away with that. No, nah, he was he's yeah, a beast. No Hold way. on. Beast. Hey, I, I, that that dude's he's a beast. He's gonna be one of the all time greats. But, but is but Devin, Devin Bush? Hold no, on, Devin Bush isn't is he I not say, a beast? I didn't say Devin and, Bush was trash. Now don't cry and, about it. But this is the difference. Bosa had basically one job: get to the QB. Devin Bush is a rookie playing the most difficult position on the defensive side, and Amen. he played it really well. Amen. Yeah. Bosa, yeah. Bo- Bosa, Bosa won the award. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Comeback player of the year. Um, I picked Cam Newton. Tough break, literally. And wow. Donato <laughs> picked Darius Geist, the running back from Washington. Chad, who walked away with this one? Yeah, that was uh, y'all boy, oh, I should say, uh, JT's boy uh, from down south there, uh, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, first of all, first of all, let's <laughs> let's just get this out of the way. Do not ever refer to Ryan Tannehill. Donato, you always say I have this list of people that I just absolutely have no respect for. And I, that list of four, he's in there. I don't I, – I, Ryan Tannehill's not my boy. I'm glad the Dolphins well, got rid of him. One, why Why is he on that list? He never did anything to you. But two – He did. He did. He, he, he but, set us back. He was just was, around in losing uh, games for us, so he's the best anyway, losing. But anyway, two, you see how it feels when someone's always like, oh, your boy, your boy. You do that to me all the time. So I'm glad someone because did it I can, to you. It didn't have to be me. Oh, man. That's rough. Yeah. Darius Geis was the comeback player for like two games, so I'll give you that. Like you two had a, quarters. You, yeah, two quarters. <laughs> whoa, whoa, Chad, come on. Keep, keep those opinions to yourself. My bad, man. My bad. I throw it in there. All right, I think this is where it gets starts getting funny, though. So, coach of the year, I picked Frank Reich, uh, the coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Donato picked Freddie Kitchens, coach of the Cleveland Browns. Coach of the year was? Uh, John Harbaugh, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, so well, not, old, not, no, only is, not only is this terrible, a terrible pick, by the way, Freddie Kitchens was horrible. He doesn't <laughs> have a job. And the award went to a coach in your own division. Who also that, does, does not have a job anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this, award went to, this award went to the Ravens coach. Donato, please explain the whole Freddie Kitchens thing. Because well, at least I, I got an excuse. Say, Andrew Luck retired before the season, so that just made that pick irrelevant. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not at the time. Not at the time. When we made those picks, all the preseason games were done. Ah, oh, whatever. So, see? See? This is the missed, the missed facts that you like to throw in. Now, you can't do that. This is why we hold ourselves accountable. Well, hold yourself accountable well, for Freddie Kitchens. I, I am. <laughs> I am. I also yourself. did say, though, Stop to my defense. Bush. Explain it to to my defense, I did also say he will not be the reason why the Browns are good, and the Browns weren't good anyway. So, I mean, it didn't matter. Is that your explanation for why you picked them? <laughs> yeah, does that kind of make sense? No? Absolutely not. Good. It's supposed to be confusing so everyone forgets. I'm confused. Mission accomplished. <laughs> All right, so overrated players. Um, I picked Derek Carr, quarterback for the Raiders. Donato, of course, pulled the Donato special, picked two when he should have picked one. He went Randall Cobb and Dante Hightower. Yeah, I, I got. Yeah, I got to agree with you guys. I mean, all those were weren't weren't bad picks per se, but I mean, they it it also wasn't like rocket science to come up with those names. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> all right, so that that's all we need to say about those. So we'll move on. Let's go to underrated players. So I had Chris Jones of the Chiefs and DeForest Buckner of the Forty ers Donato had Mitchell Schwartz and Emmanuel Sanders. 
Ooh, I who, got, do you th- I got, who do you think won that one? Yeah, I got I got to give it to JT on that one. Uh, both of the players, uh, the defense alignment for both of the Super Bowl teams came up pretty big throughout the season and on the end of the Super Bowl. So, um, so although Mitchell, is, Mitchell Schwartz is good too. I mean, he and and, and uh, Sanders made the Super Bowl as well. But I think the other two guys are essentially Pro Bowl, All Pro type talents. Oh, you guys, I mean, listen, you're gonna say something. I, I think ahead. I think it's a tie. You look at those four guys, they're on the Chiefs and the Niners. Both teams played in the Super Bowl. I don't know how you differentiate. Uh, how you differentiate Jack. No, this uh, is how I would differentiate that I'm, I should win. When Emmanuel Sanders got traded, it totally changed the 49ers offense. Yeah, he made I, yeah, them more they ran dynamic. the ball boy. <laughs> he I, I, made them more no, dynamic. No, I, I would say it's no, I, I agree that th- those were four good picks. I think three of them are great picks, and the Manny Sanders, Emmanuel, I call him Manny. The Manny Sanders was a a, a good but not great pick, just because he. Didn't, how is it not? Because I don't want great. He changed. He made Debu no, Sam, no, Samuel even better. I, I don't even think he was like the fourth is, is option that, on. The, I don't even think he was a fourth option on that offense. To be honest with you, like that's. Then why that's did they me. trade for him? Why did they trade for him? I think they thought they were going to get more out of him. Honestly, what else did you want? He he would have made the most important. Catch maybe more than the John Taylor catch had Jimmy G dropped it in there last uh, during Super Bowl Fifty Four. See, Chad, you can't I, go down this path with him because he's going to do anything to what, try to make his pick not look ridiculous. If I'm going to say, is what? If, How is that pick ridiculous? It's not ridiculous, but like I said, I okay. I, get, I gave you a good on it. I just say it wasn't great, so I, I still give you props for it. I won't hammer you too much on that. That actually probably out of all the categories was your. Uh, both your 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 best picks. (laughs) All right, so swap it over to overrated team. I had the Minnesota Vikings. Donato had the Green Bay Packers. Chad, who you got? Who won that Uh, one? I mean, the Packers weren't. Hold hold on, Chad. Before you answer, there there's a little comment that JT made. Uh He basically said, and we're gonna get to it later too. He just bashed Zimmer. In the Vikings defense, why? they're overrated. Why? They're why? Are you, why are you jumping ahead? Like I can't say this on my own. See, <laughs> because you because, did you, did you read ahead on. in the list? There must be some more some more really ridiculous because, things coming up. Because he's trying to pick who had the worst uh, pick. And oh, I didn't I, bash oh, the oh, Packers. Oh, I see. Oh, I see what's coming up. So just wait. He's trying to soften the blow for what's about to come up. All no, right, so, no, so no, Chad, no. who do you get? Well, I don't know what else is coming up. I mean, oh, dude. I see it. Go ahead, <laughs> Chad. Who do you well, get? I, uh, honestly, you, f- you both failed this one because both teams had decent seasons and made the playoffs. I mean, when you're saying an overrated team, you think that- who's the who had the worst pick? All right, you had the worst pick. Me? <laughs> yeah. So 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 you thought you thought Green Bay? He picked Green Bay as the overrated team, and they made the NFC Championship. Well, I mean, but also Green. I don't know. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I don't know. That's tough because to me, they were both like. They both had a, a pretty good season, um, but Green Bay uh, Green Bay had a bye week, so I guess you're right. Then. All right, I'll take that. So let's switch over to the most underrated team. I had the Seattle Seahawks. He had the Denver Broncos. I think uh, that's a I think that's easy to see who walks yeah, away with that one. That's that's pretty obvious. <laughs> high yeah. score. Wait, high school roster? Yeah. So I my point. High school roster. I my point. So, at, high so my point roster. at the time. Yeah, my point at the time was. When I made that prediction of Seattle being the most underrated team, I said that they're gonna make the playoffs, and they're basically making the playoffs with like a high school roster. Like nobody, you don't know anybody who's on that team besides Russell Wilson 
And you know what's funny, Chad, when he says that? Yet, yet, Lamar Jackson is clearly the MVP when Russell Wilson's dealing with a bunch of three-star high school recruits. I mean, go figure. Yeah, and Lamar Jackson's throwing the tight ends, and he's the second unanimous MVP in NFL history. So, anyway, so moving on to the most overrated coach. No one respects the game of Russell Wilson. Oh, I love Russell Wilson. All like you. Everyone's like you. I love Russell Wilson. They don't understand the true beauty of his game and how important he really is. Chad, this is is the analogy I give you here. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to the MVP for a second Mm -hmm. because RG3 and Gus Edwards – beat the Steelers when the Steelers needed to win. Do you really think Seattle could go into San Francisco when San Francisco really needed to win a game and if they started Geno Smith and Travis Homer? Definitely not. There. That's why he's the MVP. Okay. Next. uh, Uh, Can can I add one thing before we move on? As far as that that, that high school roster thing, can I give give DK Metcalf an honorable mention for – for rookie of the year, I mean, I know okay. he's I know he's not a quarterback, but when I'm looking at that Seattle Seahawks uh, high school roster, I felt that guy was such a weapon that he stretched the field and created all kinds of mismatches that really helped Russell Wilson out. I thought he was a big plus for that team and a big reason why they were able to go as far as they did. Because I kind of agree with that comment about high school roster. They they don't have a lot of big names other than Russell Wilson on that team. Shoot, they had to bring Marshawn Lynch out of retirement after a couple injuries, just to field enough running backs in the running back room. So um, for I'm just foreshadowing for the future. Uh, that guy Metcalf is, is a beast. I like it. I like it. All right. So let's get to Donato's favorite overrated coach. I picked Matt Nagy of the Bears. He picked Adam Gase. Uh, Chad, Chad, <laughs> the Bears were eight and eight, eight and eight. <laughs> And the Jets were seven. Oh, we're and not nine. we're not arguing about this. I'm gonna give it to you. It's uh, Adam Gase. I mean, yeah, no, I, <laughs> yeah, come on. Oh, okay, because JT is, loves is, his is pick. That, is that what is that what you were fighting for? You were like, oh, this one's gotta go to me. But but who who rate like? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think anyone rated Adam Gase high in the first place. But well, I picked Matt Nagy because they they were supposed to be like uh, NFC Championship type of team, and they the, just regret. the Bears. Yeah, who said their that? De- their defense was amazing the year before uh, and, and they were this, a field goal they, they were a field goal kicker away from being that team so uh, everybody came back they got uh, a new kicker everybody thought they would get better and they got worse they were 29th in points and yards 27th in passing offense and 27th in rushing offense like that's terrible like matt Nagy is from the chiefs he's supposed to be this offensive guy i just don't think he's a good coach but adam gase is the worst coach in the league so i can't argue with that <laughs> I mean, okay, I agree to that. I could go on and on, but I agree. No, give us give us your opinion, Mister NFL expert. No, I, I just I, I don't know. I wouldn't have rated either of those coaches at any level to have any type of expectation. I think honestly, they both outperformed what I would have predicted before the season. So, um, just based on their limited quarterback play. Um, so who is who is your underrated coach? That's that should be the real question. Overrated. I mean, overrated. Overrated, overrated, overrated coach. Overrated. Man, that's tough. Uh, well, I guess coming into the season or right now, because I mean, either or, whatever you want to do. Who, seeing what we picked, who would give us your idea of this is a guy who's an overrated coach? Man, honestly, I, th- <laughs> I this is probably tough for a lot of people to say, but I think Bill O'Brien's pretty overrated. Um, 
<laughs> Enough said. <laughs> that's just no, my, that's, you know, and how I do you and how do you reward I, an overrated coach? You make him I, a GM. I think oh, that's man. a good. I think that's a good one by you, Chad. But what I would say then with that is, I think he's in that Matt Nagy, you know, like tier. Don't you think? Because Donato, no one you, speaks. You, you won. You won the round. You don't, no, 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 no. You don't, you don't, no, you don't have just, to convince him that. that right, I, is I don't. I don't truly care about that. What I'm saying is, we're having. We're we're talking about overrated coaches, and I, I think the debate would then be. Because, like, Chad brings up a great point. Like, I don't think anyone's saying Nagy and Gaze are these, like, great coaches, right? Like, the, expect- yeah. the expectations aren't there. I think Bill O'Brien has kind of cemented the expectations. Nine and seven, ten and six, wild card or win a division, mm-hmm. can't score in the playoffs, go home. Yeah. No, you know, no, uh, no earlier than, um, you know, the divisional. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's kind of what I was getting at. You know, he'll get you to the playoffs, but. Don't expect much more. Or um, I'm, I'm but, sorry, going home no later than the division. No, I no, I agree. All right, so let's move on to the underrated coach. Uh, surprisingly, we both picked John Harbaugh. And um, I also threw in Anthony Lynn as like an honorable mention. So I think we, we obviously got this one because he won coach of the year. Uh, but I want to say this before I get to you, Chad. Donato. I feel like your whole your whole MVP argument is because you think John Harbaugh is like the best coach in the league, and that's why he's that's why he won the MVP. Explain yourself. In terms of what, I don't understand what you're saying. I've explained multiple times why I think it's Russell Wilson over Lamar, and I'm not taking anything away from Lamar. I've told you this. I have mad respect for him. He he definitely changed my opinion from last year to this year. Oh, we'll get to that. Chad. So, so let me ask you guys this one. No, no, you keep saying, I don't know. Because you both hit it on the head with this pick, underrated coach, and this is just kind of me flipping it back on you guys. What was the biggest reason for the Ravens' collapse in the playoffs? If if if, if it wasn't Harbaugh, are you putting it on solely on – well, was it Harbaugh, or are you putting it solely on Lamar Jackson? I don't think – I don't think they have enough weapons. And, I, and I've been telling Donato this for a while now, and he's like, well, look at this. He's got – Hollywood Brown and Willie Sneed. And, I'm and like, this is what he's throwing to tight ends, and he's a unanimous MVP. They just don't have any weapons. But it's two things with that. One, you got to look at schemes sometimes. When you are faced, just when they started to go to spread offenses and all these jet sweeps, no one knew how to, the read option. No mm-hmm. one knew how to stop that. That's why Chip Kelly was great. You think Chip Kelly forgot how to coach in a year or two? The league catches up to you. And then two. I told you this when we made the Tennessee-Baltimore predictions. That calf strain of Mark Ingram is the biggest injury in the history of the Baltimore franchise because he is such a key player for oh, that he's a, offense. he's a beast, absolutely. And, and so to answer your question, Chad, I think that was the reason. It wasn't that Lamar played a bad game. It was because he did not have Ingram to fall on as well as that weapon to scare Tennessee. They could focus on Lamar. They could focus on some of those tight ends. Can, can I they get, weren't worried. Can I get, they weren't scared about Gus. Can I give my take on it? Of course. I, I think John Harbaugh is a coach that expects to line up and hit you in the mouth, and that's what he did all season with the with the Ravens running backs and offensive line. And it just wasn't – I agree with you guys with uh, with Ingram be, not being healthy and not being you know 100% or whatnot. 
But he has two other running backs that are pretty solid and can can maybe combine, can emulate the production that Ingram gives you. But Ingram's just but, different, though. He's a he's a, he's uh, a special guy. He, yeah, run, no, he I, runs different. They play different when he's in the game. Yeah, but but honestly, I I don't know. I think I think Tennessee came in and basically flipped the switch on them and became the aggressor and the team that hit them in the mouth. And I don't think John Harbaugh, whether he's calling the offense or whatnot, or or you know just kind of a dictating the flow of the game. I think he went for it. he made a couple fourth down calls, which were bad calls in in opportune times because he was used to getting everything uh, throughout the season on on fourth and short. And I think he kind of let this team down. So I, honestly, like I agree with he he is underrated and he had a hell of a season. He probably deserved that that uh, coach of the year title. But I also think he was the reason that they lost that game because he came in pretty cocky that they were going to take the take the game to the Titans and it got flipped on him. And they're the ones that got hit in the mouth in silence. So that's just my that's, take on it. I, I think he I think he should shoulder a lot of the blame for that playoff game based on some of the calls that a head coach makes in those situations. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I think there was one or two situations there where, um, you know, he, I think he did make the wrong call during the game. So you bring up a great point, Chad. That, that's that's a great point. All right. So we did a little detour in the show where we just got it out of the way and we voted on who at the time we thought was the best receiver in the league. So I said Julio Jones, uh, Donato, you picked Antonio Brown. Uh, do you do you want me to chime in on this one for real, or can we just move on? <laughs> do we, do Neither we, one of us. It's, really it's, it's, it's an open in, mic forum. Do you really want me Neither. to comment on the train wreck this, of AB's uh, last six <laughs> months, or should I leave that for the thirty for thirty special? It does not. This does not mean he's not the best receiver. Uh, does it not? He just didn't play. Uh, you know what? You know he's probably the best. He's not. He's not coming off of this lightly. So, yeah, I was just gonna say he's probably the he's probably the worst rapper between the two. I can tell you that much. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Michael Michael Thomas was the best receiver this year. Yeah, Fair? no doubt. I okay. agree to that. We can, okay. we can move on. Okay. All right. So this is what we're gonna do with this next one. This is who we said was on the hot seat. Um, oh, oh, oh <laughs> man, am I good? Am I good? <laughs> yeah. So, I had Mike Zimmer, who should have been on the hot seat, and then he picked Ron Rivera and Jay Gruden, who are both unemployed. So, can we give a round of applause for Donato for yeah. for finally getting on base and not hitting I, a home run? There we I, go. I think that goes without saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good job. Woo, grand slam. <laughs> and they're both, they both already have jobs already. Great job. <laughs> All right. So, next coach in waiting. I'm pretty sure we'll talk about this again on future shows because I feel like this has been something we've been talking about a lot recently. So uh, we both each picked a, a coordinator or like a special teams guy that we thought was going to be the next coach awaiting uh, going into this offseason. So I picked Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, Super Bowl champ, and Chris Richard, the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Uh, and Donato picked, you want to say his name? My paisan, Nick Seriani. Wow. Colts, yeah. uh, sorry, uh, Colts offensive coordinator. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how to judge this one because uh, if it was me, I would have definitely 
said Joe Judge, but you know, that's just my that's just me <laughs> being a bold predictor and knowing the league like I do. That is the most <laughs> Pittsburgh hire of all time. Like the Steelers, they beat the Steelers to that that hire. They're like, yeah, let's hire the special teams coordinator. He's gonna do it to steal away the most boring way you can do it. Come on, oh, man. It's not even man. close. It's B enemy. He just won the Super Bowl. Come on. But he didn't get hired. That's the difference. Yeah, he didn't no, get hired. No, that's and he that's, should. That's, he should. That's, that's the issue with this is like, yeah, I, I think we we talked about it offline last year how how important uh, enemy is to that offense and, he, but but at the same time though, like I don't see him as being as important to that offense because I don't think he calls any. I mean, he probably plays a role. We don't we don't know that. Uh, you come on, man. Andy Reid's called plays since like Vietnam, man. Like. Like well, here's, Andy here's the same thing. Here's the same thing. I think you're right, and, and I'm pretty sure Andy Reid does call a lot of the plays. But a lot of people, we don't, we just don't know. It's like a lot of people assume that uh, your boy Bruce Arians in Tampa calls a lot of the plays, and most times it's Byron Leftwich that's doing it. So I, 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 I hear what you're saying that the enemy might not be as important, but I disagree. I think that he will be if he does leave the Chiefs. I think he'll prove to be the coordinator that you'll see. Like ah. That's what made it click, him and Reed working together, because not everybody who leaves a tree isn't necessarily going to replicate the team they left. But I think the enemy is important, and I think that's why the players no. love him so much. No, no, I, I agree that he's he's beloved. He's a player's coach. Um, obviously, he's, in, he's an important piece to what they did this year. But, you know, at the same time, it's just when I look at it and I see that he doesn't have a job right now, I think that plays a big role in that. It's that, you know, Andy Reed has such control over that offense um in the schemes that they run that he's probably a victim of his of their you know of their success in that in that aspect but um yeah considering that none of these guys that have a head coach job it's hard for me to i mean I, i'll give it to the enemy but yeah it's, it's hard to say uh you know who the next coach in waiting who won this uh this argument chad's like yeah the enemy's all right he's okay all right so yeah. we we each picked the uh <laughs> Division winners for the AFC and the NFC, and predicted who would uh, be in the wild card and, of course, all the way to the Super Bowl. So, for the AFC division winners, I picked the Patriots, Texans, the Browns, and the Chiefs. Uh, Donato picked the Patriots, Jaguars, the Browns, and the Chiefs. So, clearly, we were on the Cleveland uh, hype train, you know, as a team. He He's liked the coach. The man. Yeah, he, he liked the coach more than I did. I probably picked them because of OBJ. Uh, obviously, we were both in on the Chiefs and the Patriots. Donato, explain the Jaguars. It was the Nick Foles. It was, you know, they still had Jalen Ramsey at the time and Nick Foles coming over. And I think if he doesn't get hurt that opening week, I mean, he threw a touchdown and gets injured. So um, you forgot the wild cards, by the way. I don't no, know no I'm doing that. I'm doing that. that. Yeah. So we, oh, okay. So yeah. it was Nick Foles. It was Nick Foles. For All me. right. And for the AFC wild card, I picked the Chargers and the Colts. Donato went with the Steelers and the Broncos. You, you guys probably would have been better off just leaving that out. But go ahead, continue. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, we got fans. Got to know. Fans got to know. <laughs> I respect your honesty. <laughs> oh, it gets worse. So let's flip it over to the NFC um, division winners. I went with the Eagles, Packers, Falcons, and Rams. Ugh. And Donato with with the Eagles, Vikings, Panthers, and Rams. Um, Rams, Panthers, and Falcons. I think we're just we just bombed that whole division. Obviously, um, Packers, Vikings. I think we're both good picks. Obviously, the Packers won, 
and then we both just picked the Eagles, and that was probably one of the worst divisions in football. Uh, wild cards, I went with the Saints and the Cowboys. Donato went with the Seahawks and Bears. I think we didn't do that bad in the NFC. That wasn't yeah, it bad. wasn't that. Because I think most people would have said the Rams, right, Chad? Yeah, no, the Rams. I mean, you had to go Rams after this. Can season. we just can we just say that nobody saw the 49ers making the playoffs, and that's really what it was? Oh, they were like, four and twelve last <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no yeah. way. I mean, if you if you if you had the balls to go to Vegas and put money on the 49ers as of like February of 2019, man, you 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 really had faith in your team. I mean, that's I, just your favorite team. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, man, like. That would have been a gutsy pick for real. Like the Chiefs, to me, being there and winning is not a surprise because honestly, they should have been there last year. If you remember that AFC Championship game um, from a season ago, so that wouldn't have been as gutsy at all. But um, but yeah, the Niners were by far the biggest surprise of the season. All right, in the Super Bowl, I picked the Patriots versus the Packers, and he went with. The all Pennsylvania Super Bowl. And I laughed at him. I laughed at him when he did when he said this. I was he like, did. how? So he, he said the Eagles were gonna play the Steelers in the Super Bowl. And as you can see, this could not be further from reality. So Donato <laughs> obviously this was a crazy, crazy prediction. Do you feel comfortable ever predicting this again in the next four years? What, the Eagles Steelers or the Super Bowl in general? I mean, I wasn't going to take away all your credentials, but yeah, let's just stick with the <laughs> Eagles versus the Steelers. In the next four years? Four or five years. You feel comfortable making that prediction again? The only way, I, I think the only way to make it would be next year again. I think after that, it's it's a, it's kind of a crapshoot at that point. Donato, can I ask you a question? Listen, the Eagles won the division. Right, we're I mean, not, they're we're not, not that far we're off. Just, we're, we're, we're just, I was asking, will you make this prediction? The yeah. Listen, Chad, saying. you you know that Steeler defense D is D unbelievable. Donato, will the I mean, they get one more weapon on on offense, it's a whole different ball game. No, I, I I agree with that. I think the Steelers, I think the Steelers were having Ben Roethlisberger away from making the playoffs at least. I don't know if they would have got to the Super Bowl, so. Um, you know, I, I can agree with that. The Eagles were nowhere near <laughs> um, being a Super Bowl contender. They did win their division by default, so I can't, I can't uh, knock you too hard. Uh, JT, your picks. The Patriots were a fair pick. I thought they had one of the better seasons. You know, I mean, I mean, you, it's a safe bet putting them in the Super Bowl. They're usually oh, there. Oh, no doubt. And then the Packers didn't do bad. So I mean, uh, the edge clearly goes to JT on that one. He picked the safe way. He, you know, that's what he does. He picks safe. <laughs> sorry, I didn't. Sorry, I didn't pick the 49ers. That would have been really. I'm dangerous. sorry you didn't pick Ron Rivera and Jay Gruden. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry I didn't pick AB. Okay, so <laughs> Chad, 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 really quick. I know, obviously, both of these, all of our picks were, for the most part, not great. Who do you think had the worst pick, just in general, overall, and what was it? And then who just had the worst picking luck overall? Like prediction-wise? Yeah, who had the worst prediction overall? Like what was Man, the worst prediction? I don't know that. That just I mean, I know there was no way to predict it, but that AB pick to me is just comical. <laughs> just cause, <laughs> like it wasn't a bad pick because to me, like he probably still is a top five receiver when he's like not, uh, you know, not, not showing mixed, the signs like, of his CTE. Yeah, but uh, 
that just makes me laugh just for the fact that like I think he played one game and he went off like he had a touchdown in that game but like everything else that's transpired is is comical. Uh I got I got to laugh at both of you just on the Freddie Kitchens like the recurring Freddie Kitchens picks that I see on here. Um, and the Cleveland Browns picks just because like the way that they just went into typical Cleveland um, Brown mode. Just for the record, uh all the Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield, that's him. <laughs> You know, you picked yeah, the Browns. You picked the Browns. I picked the Browns to win the division. Exactly. Yeah. But I didn't right. say they would okay. have the coach of the year. You're not completely absolved. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't say they were going to have the coach of the year and the MVP. <laughs> I would have said it from the beginning. The Mayfield in the kitchens, the worst picks. AB, I don't think that that's a terrible pick because no, it has nothing to do with his on-field talent. No, I, I now, just thought it was funny. I just thought so it was funny. I will take the heat for the worst picks. MVP Mayfield, coach of the year, kitchens. I'll take that. But Chad, in all honesty, what was the best pick? I don't know. The two uh, the two underrated players by JT were pretty spot on. Uh, You're telling me the coaches no, no, on the I'll, hot I'll, seat I know they got I'll, fired I'll before the, the end I'll of the year? The he predicted two coaches they were going to get fired. Basically, got no. Fired. I mean, I, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that too. But I, I, I'll, I'll give him that. No, the, no, uh, the Don, you get your props too. But yeah, I just, I was just surprised. Like, to see, you guys. To throw you a softball and you just didn't take it. Man. Appreciate, appreciate it, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, now, on a scale of one to 10, question five, the second answer, who had the better one? Oh, man. That's hilarious. Thanks, Chad. Dude. Way to blow Sorry, that. Sorry, dude. Man. My bad. Oh. <laughs> You just just give him more ball. You know I gotta go against the grain. <laughs> oh, All right, man. so listen, everyone wants to hear what we gotta say about Super Bowl Fifty Four. So this is how I want to do it, Chad. At the end, and JT as well. At the end, if you have some other reactions you want to talk about, feel free. But this is what I want to know from you guys. All right, because to me, I think these are the questions that need to be answered by an expert like you, Chad, and JT, everyone wants to hear from you. So the first one I want to know about, and I'm going kind of in chronological order of the game, Kyle Shanahan's decision at the end of the first half, there's about a minute 47, minute 49, they stopped the Chiefs on third down. It is now third and long. Chiefs are not going to go for it. They're not going to do a fake. They're, I think, I don't know where, midfield, maybe at their 40 or 35. And the 49ers have all three timeouts. They could have called a timeout and saved about 40 seconds. Instead, they get the ball back with 105. Don't call any timeouts. Let the clock run out. It was 10-10. 49ers were going to get the ball to start the second half. So, JT, let me go to you first. What did you think about Kyle Shanahan's decision there? Right or wrong to not call a timeout? Well, I think it's wrong in any situation when you're in a, in, a, in any game, but especially a game that big against an opponent like that. You don't want to walk away with any timeouts not used. I think that's just that always never works out. And you, you said the same thing about Sean Payton when they played against the Vikings. That is 90% of the time going to be a decision that's going to come back to haunt you. So um, I thought that he was playing. At that moment, it told me two things. One, he was playing not to lose instead of playing to win. And also, it just showed me that you, they were like, you know what? I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo in this moment. And 
we are playing well enough and Mahomes is playing bad enough that I think our defense can bring this home for us. Do you think it was more about him not believing in Garoppolo or just he was worried about the Chiefs offense ready to explode? I think it was 50-50 both. But I think he was I think he waited out. He's like, you know what? We know what Jimmy can do. Shoot, we want a playoff game with him throwing it eight times. And <laughs> Mahomes up until the fourth quarter was playing terrible. I mean, he, at one point he threw like back-to-back picks that are like, Mahomes is having the the worst game of his life. Our defense is doing their thing. I'm going to bet on the defense doing their thing and, and shutting down Mahomes rather than just trying to unleash Jimmy G. So I think it was 50-50, but he really trusted the defense more in that moment. Okay. And Chad, do, do you agree with Kyle Shanahan's decision there? Yeah, because uh, – and the reason I agree with him is because I think in the past, like looking back to what we talked about earlier, recent Super Bowls where he was in charge of an offense and he stayed aggressive and he tried to do too much – he got punished for it. His offense turned the ball over. So I think he had a little bit of uh, he was thinking like deja vu, like, whoa, man, like if I come out guns a blazing and make a, and my quarterback makes a mistake here and I flip the game around, if I give Mahomes another possession or another chance here, it's going to come back to bite me. So um, I think that was in his mind. Was it, was it the right decision in hindsight? Obviously not. Um, but I also agree that Jimmy G does a great job in managing the game. And if he was to push, like, you know, put too much pressure on him and force it or force him to do something out of his comfort zone, it could have came back to bite him. So, um, you know, I think he was he had a couple things going on in his mind. And and, and looking back, I, I, I can't really question his decision at that point. I, I'm not sure I would have done anything, anything different as a coach. Well, I'm, I'm going to actually agree with JT, and I really liked what you said, all the stuff that you said, JT. And I agree that against a team like the Chiefs, you got to score points, right? You got to make those big plays. And so that's why I think he has to be aggressive there. And the other part, the only thing I'll add, I think that JT didn't mention was, and I don't know, maybe you don't agree with me here, JT. I don't is agree that, with you. I'm just going to get out there right thanks. now. Thanks. <laughs> Trying to make a serious point, and this guy is just, laughing at me um if you get the ball it's 10 10 you're gonna have the halftime and you start the second half with the ball halftime is long last two minutes of the half if you can go down and even get a field goal the Chiefs then come out on defense if if the Niners can come out and do what they did maybe get another field goal or a touchdown the next time Mahomes touches the ball he's maybe down 10 and that offense has not touched the ball in an hour. And you saw they were rusty in the third quarter. So at this point, you'd have a 10-point lead. They're rusty. Like, I think that's the other reason why you take the chance there. If, like JT says, if you believe in your defense so much, you're not asking Garoppolo to make a mistake. Even if you go three and out and punt, hey, defense is going to step up and make a stop. So I that's why I don't like it. Um, in addition to all the good things that that JT said. Now, the Niners did make a little push there. They would have had the ball at the KC-10 at the end of the half with about eight seconds after the George Kittle catch. Now, oh, that, that, was play, <laughs> that play was called back because of offensive pass interference. 
So let's dig into the refs because it's never going to be fun, a fun game, unless we talk about some, some about the refs. So JT, just give me your thoughts on that offensive pass interference call against George Kittle. I think the refs got it right, and I feel bad for them because the refs are, just depending on who they call it on, they're damned that they do, damned that they don't, because this is essentially the same thing that happened at the end of the Saints-Vikings game when Rudolph caught that catch in the end zone, and everybody's like, oh, he pushed off. Why are the refs not reviewing this? This is for the game. And with Kittle, the rule is if you, that arm is fully extended, you cannot do that. If he If the guy was a little bit closer to him, I feel like he gets away with it, but the Kittle's arm was fully extended. You can't do that. That's pass interference by the rules, and the refs got it right. It just sucks that it took back a big play, and I think that play not that play coming off the board. I think that's one of one of three things that probably flipped the game. So, Chad, do you agree with uh, JT? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, they, it's so hard, and you see so many calls going against the defense. And, you know, back in my heyday as a, as a former defensive back, man, sometimes it, sometimes it pains me to see all the calls that get called against the defense. You can't do anything at all when it comes to being aggressive down the field. So when I see a guy like George Kittle, who's probably the most physical tight end in the league, use his strength and his body to push a guy, you know, kind of use leverage to get position on a ball. I think they need to, you know, they, they made the right call and they, they should call that a little more often. Um, just because it's so unfair for a defender to cover a guy, especially like that. I mean, think all the times Gronk used to get away with that, man. He, it, it makes guys like that virtually unstoppable down the field. So this is my thing, JT. Did he push off, though, in order to make the catch? Or did he simply have his hand on the defender extended? To be honest with you, and I feel like we we talked about this with the Rudolph catch. Yeah. To, me, personally, when I saw it, I thought it was the same thing. I thought that you could have your arm extended, but it's to get the space and you're not actually pushing off. But that's the it, – it looked like Kittle did push a little bit. So you, you kind of answered it for me because it sounds like, to me, you're not convinced that it was a true push. I thought and it so was – I'll, I'll tell you what. I thought that was – I thought it was a true push because the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, no, he's doing the same thing that I thought Rudolph did. But I've, they've played that play so many times, and if you look at it very carefully, the first time where they're tussling, okay, it's when his arm becomes fully extended and it's a small little nudge, and it gives him, like, just enough space. But So this is what I would argue is that if you're going to call it by the book, then any time a Richard Sherman or a – uh, Stephon Gilmore grabs a little bit, and it may not even impede the runner, but just when they hold a hand or they tug on a jersey, because most of the time those tugs and grabs don't impede the catch. And here, I don't believe he impeded the guy from making a play on the ball because the guy was out of position already. He's simply holding his own so the guy doesn't run into him. So my thing is if you're going to call it by the book every time, then do it the other way. When those little tugs, even though it doesn't interfere with the receiver going deep, you got to call illegal contact because technically you're not allowed to put the hands on a receiver after five yards. That's the rule. That is different than 
defensive pass interference where defensive pass interference you're actually interfering with the guy's opportunity to catch the ball there's also defensive illegal contact after five yards you can't touch the guy yeah, so, but so, so, but you're, so you're no, saying the Niners got no, hosed no I'm, I'm sorry go ahead no I'm just saying he's just saying the Niners got hosed that's what he's trying to say well, I, yeah I, I mean I, I get it I get it and and we see it happen both ways but there's also no such thing as offensive illegal contact so you know I mean it's like that's why, like, to me, like, when it's – when you got a guy – I think you're – unfortunately for Kittle, his size and his strength w- w- was to his own dis- well, demise on that play. You know what I mean? Just because he bring, is who he is. You bring up a great point. There's no illegal contact on offensive player. That's true. This is my analogy I would make with the Kittle thing. How many defensive – how many times do we see a defensive player kind of have their hand around the hip of a receiver coming across to knock the ball down? They're allowed to do that as long as that does not impede the receiver or help the defender get to knocking the ball down. They can have their hand on a guy's hip as long as they don't turn him. And that's what I would say happened here. Kittle's allowed to have that hand extended on the guy. He doesn't push him. And he doesn't physically like hold them off. Mm-hmm. He simply has them at bay in order to make the catch. Yeah. That's the closest analogy I can make. Maybe I'm still wrong, but that's the way I look at that play on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, they're not going to reverse that call. So, let's move on. The ending of the game, JT, was it more the 49ers blowing it in the second part of the fourth quarter, or was it the Chiefs taking the victory? Oh, I definitely think it was the 49ers blowing it. And kind of going to what Chad was saying, Kyle Shanahan got in his own head because the first time he went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots, they came out guns blazing. They were up 28-3, to explosive offense. And in that moment when he should have run the ran the ball and protected the lead, he didn't. And I feel like you can tell as the game went on, that was his mindset of, I'm not going to do what I did against the Patriots. And I feel bad for him because that backfired because if he would have played the way he played against the Patriots, he probably would have won this game. So I just think, I just think for sure it was the, the Niners just overall just not doing what it takes to step on the throats of a team like the Chiefs who you can't let them up no matter what. Yeah, uh, I, I just want to jump in real quick and say – you know, those last two drives where they had the ball, where was Debo Samuel? Because to me, he was that. Oh, that's ex- a good point. He, he was, was that. Killing in the beginning. Yeah, he was that X factor on the edges when they couldn't run up the middle. They'd run those reverses, or um, I think they even ran one slip screen to him. I could be wrong. Maybe that was the. He started the off with NFC. like a 30 yard rush in the in like he, first quarter. He was, cur- he was killing it. Yeah, he, to me, he was like their. their uh, their run game on the outside. You know, he was like their. And when they couldn't get to the edges, they gave the ball to him, and I felt like they completely abandoned that guy. I think he's a he was a weapon that they you know they kept in the they kept in their tool shed instead of bringing him out to ice the game. I think that would have played a big role in it. But um, I and like I said earlier, I think it was Shanahan just not doing put it, keeping his foot on the gas and trying to make a play down the field and just being conservative. And a lot of that has to come from his history um, in previous Super Bowls. Yeah, I I think it was the 49ers blowing it. Um so no so I mean, so I, nobody thought the Chiefs just came back and just took this game. Well, That's let, interesting. Let me, 
But but this is why. Look at what happened on that Tyreek Hill. We want to talk about, and, and I'll be the first to bash Garoppolo on the Sanders overthrow because if he hits that in stride, which, hey, you need to make one throw oh, that, in the game. That's a dagger. The, that game right. is mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But this is the difference. Everyone's talking about what a great play on third and 15, the Tyreek Hill. Did you see that throw? Tyreek Hill was so open, he had the weight. It was like fielding oh, he, a punt. He destroyed the defensive zone on that. Well, he got, say, I, he got, he got, he got, no, I was just going to say Mahomes also got drilled on that. So but I give him, matter. I give him my, some my props hope. for standing in there and taking a hell okay, of a shot. Okay, but it wasn't a great throw. That just means to me the 49ers, and that was a great play by Tyreek Hill, but like you got to have a little bit, what have you been doing all game that worked and then all of a sudden on, on basically a throw that was up in the air, it seemed like forever, like all of a sudden they complete it. That was the only one. Like, well, what happened? I'll say this, though. There was – I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a play, and I wrote it down right when I saw it because I was like, I'm going to bring this up tomorrow. And to me, more than the overthrow to Emmanuel Sanders, this is – I already thought it in when I was watching the game, and this just proved to me why Kyle Shanahan was trying to hide Jimmy G. I wrote it down. In the fourth quarter, there was five minutes and 18 seconds left, and there was a crucial third down, and – George, I, I don't even know what the name of the route is called, but George Kittle ran a it was a short for, a short conversion. He ran it out and came back in. I mean, he was so wide open. All Jimmy G had to do was just throw it right to him. Probably could take it to the house. The defender was so far off of him, and I'm like, he didn't even look at him. He threw it somewhere like 20 yards down the field, and it was not even close to a receiver. And I'm like, that right there, because he can't make simple plays in that moment and calm himself but- down. That's why they're not going to win this game. But but this is the thing, too. Like, you don't think on that Tyreek Hill play, they said, listen, third and 15 Mahomes, just air it out to him as soon as he gets open. You don't, Why was Shanahan not saying, listen, we're designing this play for Kittle. It's going to no one else but Kittle. If you throw it to someone else, I'm putting in the backup. To like, be honest like, with you, you I, think go to Kittle. I think the play was for Kittle because you can see how wide open he got. Literally. You can see it's for him. There's nobody in the middle of the field. Yeah, I, and, throw it to him. I, no, I, Go ahead, I was just gonna Sorry. say also, I, and I know where everyone's praising the Chiefs today, and and honestly, that was a great comeback and a great win. But why did Mahomes wait till the third and fourth quarter to start throwing the ball down the field? I felt like they would have had the lead in the fourth quarter if they would have opened it up a lot further. I think there was one point in like the third quarter where. Mahomes hadn't thrown one pass more than 20 yards down the field. And I think they were playing really conservative. And once they start doing that in the fourth quarter, I think you guys remember the play to Richard uh, on Richard Sherman to Sammy Watkins. Once they started taking shots, they started exposing the 49ers secondary. Um, well, I, I just think the 49ers defense played that, that good. And I think what happened think was so too. the zone that they were playing was really good. And yeah. – I think the defense got in Mahomes' head for the first three quarters. He did not look like himself. But but what happened in the fourth quarter where Tyreek Hill was running free down the field? Why didn't I, and that's why I think it's the 49ers. That's why I'm, I'm so they just forgot how to play defense. Well, I hey, feel like I feel like here's the thing. That's what that's why the Chiefs are so good at coming back because you can only hold those guys for so long. So if they're down, you better make a count. And the 49ers didn't make a count. But and they eventually the Chiefs eventually woke up and opened it up. Chad, I really liked what you said, though, going back to the 49ers offense because that's where it should have been won. You're getting the ball back with, like, eight and a half minutes, mm-hmm. and you're up 10. You you put 
you put the nail in the coffin, and you said it right. What happened with the fake handoff reverse to Debu Samuel? Samuel, like, where was that? You know that didn't that didn't happen in the in the latter part of the fourth quarter. And where was the student body toss right, pull the guards, smash mouth football that they did in the first quarter or two, and getting Mostart outside? Like where was that? Getting the the guards downhill, punishing the defensive backs. Instead, you know they're playing conservative, run up the middle, and then yeah, these like little passes. Like yo, smash mouth football with a little trickery. Like that's the way the Niners were doing it all year. And all of a sudden, Shanahan forgets that with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter, he didn't get the ball in, in the in the best players' hands. And that's why I think it's the 49ers on the 49ers blowing it. But any anything else there before we go? I know JT has has some topics here, um, but Chad, any final word on the actual game reaction? No, I, again, I, I think we touched on most of it as it as it played out. I, you know, it it was the Niners' game to lose coming down the stretch, and uh, you know they kind of took their foot off the gas and tried to play a conservative. And as we've seen time and time again, when you're going against a a quarterback in an offense like that, it comes back to bite you, and that's what happened. So. Uh-oh. I do I do have one more thing. Question for yeah. both of you guys really quick before we move on. Unpopular opinion. Did the right player win Super Bowl MVP? <laughs> Who do you think it should have been? Damien Williams? Oh, for sure. And I feel like <laughs> for about three and a half quarters, it, it was a like slam dunk runaway. It was going to be him. And then Mahomes, you know, padded some stats at the end, and it's always going to okay. go to a quarterback. Before we get to that, can I ask you if the Niners had won, who should it have been? Well, it had to have been Garoppolo because he was the only one on offense that was doing anything. <laughs> as bad as that sounds. Yeah, that would have okay. been that would have been one of the most lackluster MVP performances yeah. ever. Yeah, for like a sure. like a dump off pass to, to Kyle Dusick <laughs> for like where he broke like five tackles and dove into the end zone. That's Three yard pass. <laughs> that would have been the MVP. That would that would have been the play of the game right there. <laughs> I I think the MVP should have been Mitch, Mitchell Schwartz. Oh man, he had he had right, to bring it back. Yeah, he yeah, had yeah, to bring it back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're done. <laughs> no, Chad, do you think Mahomes was the right yeah, one? Yeah, I mean, you got to give it to him in that situation. They were down. They came back. He made big throws. Um, Damian Williams, yeah, he he. I mean, he had that that run to basically seal the deal. But I mean, without Mahomes, who was good? Like. You know, who else was going to bring them back in that situation? You can say that he didn't play well up until that point, but when it counted, he came through and made the made the clutch plays to win the game. 100% disagree. If Damian Williams is not in that game, who's to say they hang around? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Because Mahomes, if Mahomes. Well, let's, let's stop. Mahomes ran. If Mahomes, if, if Mahomes doesn't score one of those touchdowns, that's, that's just as bad as giving it to Garoppolo. Uh, Mahomes ran for a touchdown in the first half, didn't he? And then and then he threw for another touchdown in the clutch to Kelsey to to keep it, you know, bring him back into the game. Kelsey was wide open. Well, but he Damian made, Williams, well, he made those throws. He too. would. He would, Can you? So Mahomes was the best player on the field last night. So I'm just talking. I'm just talking about last night. He was the best offensive player on the field last night. In the clutch, yeah, I think so. I think Damian Williams was better, but go ahead. No, that was it. I kind of agree with you, JT. I actually kind of agree with you. Um, sorry, no, Chad. Man. So, JT. See, that's, that's what he does because you didn't pick 
his coach. I knew I had that coming. His coach's, his coach's pick as the, as the best pick, as the best call of the prediction. So, Freddie Kitchens. Learn your lesson for next time. So JT, doing some research, finds some comments by George Kittle prior to the Super Bowl that George Kittle has been playing with a torn labrum for about two years and does not want to get surgery because it would mess up his workout days. JT, I'll let you go first on this. Any reaction to it? Um, when I first heard this, I'm like, I'm not shocked. George Kittle is every bit of the psycho I thought he was. <laughs> it's the same dude who's hysterically laughing as he's like power driving DBs into the ground. But I thought about it too. It this way, it depends on because we hear like torn and broken, and we don't necessarily know like how bad it is. I mean, is it a partial tear? Is he has is his labrum completely torn? If it's a partial tear, I mean, the surgery may be worse. You know, then actually just like trying to rehab it. So my thing is, I just want to know what the severity of the injury is. But I mean, as a regular guy, if I have a torn labrum, whether it's partial or not, I'm not doing anything. Like I want to, I want to shut it down to his heels. <laughs> Chad, any reaction no, to it? I mean, Kittle's a beast. He's gonna play hurt. Uh, but I think at the same time, guys like that, you think of who is the who is the last big tight end in the league, and all the time that Gronk probably spent not taking care of his body, not rehabbing, you know, not not taking it easy, probably cost him years off of his career. You know what I'm saying? So when you think of Kittle doing this to himself, obviously he's trying to get stronger, trying to be in shape, but he's going to realize, what's this, his third or fourth year in the league, that if he keeps on this path, like he's just going to cost himself years off his career. Um, and that's my only take on it, thinking about player health and stuff like that. It's like, man, like you're going to run yourself into the ground, dude, if you don't heal up. That's about it. All right. Now, another thing we're going to get into, this happened prior to the Super Bowl, was Richard Sherman's beef, or maybe Darrell Revis's beef with Richard Sherman, and then Richard Sherman's comments about Jim Harbaugh so first let's go with the Revis Sherman beef JT what do you got to say about that uh game over I literally, <laughs> literally last night and I posted this on um on our social media just clips of Richard Sherman getting roasted and ankle broken by the Chiefs receivers I mean it could happen to anybody but I said this be on the show before I was like that's my storyline I want to see if Richard Sherman gets roasted by these corners and gives Darrell Revis more ammo, and God, he did. I literally, in the second half, I'm like reloading Twitter. I was like, come on, where is the mention of Revis? Like, what's Revis got to say? I know he's watching this game, and nothing. He's just being quiet because Sherman got abused. And he, to me, he gave up the biggest play of the game, that one-on-one with Sammy Watkins uh, for that big catch. But to me, Revis has a point. Sherman's not a man-to-man corner. I feel like amongst defensive back peers like that's how they judge each other can you line up against a guy who's supposed to be the number one on their team shadow him all over the field and take him out of the game and the fact that Sherman doesn't do that but always you know is regarded as one of the best corners in the game and then of course he runs his mouth and says he's the best I think a lot of other defensive backs are going to take issue with that and especially a guy like Darrell Revis where like he never had safety help he literally lined up with everybody from Randy Moss to the sorriest dude on the field and took him out the game. So um, I'm with Revis on this. I think Sherman has not been getting exposed for a while, and I think he will get exposed more now that this is in the open. Chad, what is um, what are your thoughts on the Sherman 
Revis. Oh, as much as I, uh, being a Pitt guy, being from Pittsburgh, as much as uh, I love Darrell Revis, I'm going to be the. Don't do it. Uh, Don't uh, do it. I'm going to be. Uh, uh, you can never devil. go back home if you do this. Do not do it. Richard Sherman, in, in the way that he plays corner, yeah, you're right. He doesn't travel all the time. He's not lining up in the slot. He's he doesn't travel. Well, ever. that's what I'm saying. He, he's not. He's not a guy that's going to chase you all over the field. But for the schemes that he plays in, you got you can't you can't argue that that guy is is one of the all time great corners. The way he plays corner, um, and I know it's easy. He's an easy target because he's not your prototypical corner. He wasn't a high draft pick. He's always been an underdog who had to kind of let people know and kind of speak up and tell people like how he was slept on throughout his career. But um, that beef is tough, too, because you're putting the guy on an island against, you know, Sammy Watkins, who in his time, I mean, not, not too long ago, was, you know, one of the highest paid receivers in the league. So, yeah, he had a rough game. But leading up to this for his age, I thought he, he played really well throughout the season. Um, and he's not a guy that's going to back down. So, yeah, it's easy for Revis at, now that he's retired to sit back and watch and, you know, and make comments. But I remember Revis in his final years, too. He, he got beat on some plays, too. So, um, you know, I'm kind of in, uh, in Richard Sherman's corner here because, you know, he's a great corner and he doesn't always get the respect that guys like Revis get. Richard Sherman, Listen. if you're listening, you do have a supporter on this show. Come on and talk to us. Chad loves you. <laughs> <laughs> you think he's gonna? You think he's I gonna mean, follow you again or unblock you now, JT? <laughs> he might if he, if he knows me and you were cool. Wait, he followed you to begin with, JT? How come I didn't know this? Nah, we're not getting into the past. They both went to private schools, man. I'm sure. I'm sure they're. I'm sure they have some type of connection. <laughs> they got some sort of bond. Yeah, it's like a like a like a private school Facebook group. They're all a part of. Yeah. That's how it works. <laughs> So, Darrell Rivas being a pit guy, I'm not going to knock him. I will say this about Richard Sherman. It's a little bit of karma coming back to get you now. All the junk that you would talk, especially against Michael Crabtree. In, like, his, in his defense, though, Crabtree, I would have did the same thing because he did try to shake his hand after that game. But nah, well, we're not going to get into that. That's old news. But anyway, the other thing I will say about this, I kind of agree with Chad, like, Listen, when cornerbacks, that is one of the positions, unless you're Deion Sanders, guys don't age well there. Rod Woodson, one of the greatest athletes, I think, ever to play in the NFL, like toward the end, they had to move him to safety. That's just the way it is in the NFL. In Darrell Rivas, I saw him return live, one of the greatest punts of all time against West Virginia back in the day when Rivas was at Pitt. But like Chad said, when he went to Tampa – Yo, Tampa signed him this huge deal after, what, one or two years? See ya. Injuries catch up to yeah. you. And, like, at the end of the day, people aren't going to remember the old Sherman that gets beat by Sammy Watkins or the old Revis that gets beat when he was in Tampa. They're going to remember when those guys, no one wanted to throw to those guys. So, now, his comments about Jim Harbaugh. This is interesting. JT, I know you want to get into this, so I'll let you go first. But let me read this to you that um, Sherman talked about his views toward the 49ers and how they changed when Harbaugh was fired by the organization. So he said, 49ers CEO Jed York tells a funny story about when I was coming out in the draft, the 49ers had a higher draft grade on me than most teams. And Jim Harbaugh came and took me off the draft board. 
Jed was pretty upset about that. Honestly, I wanted to put Harbaugh out of the league, and once I got that done, I had no animosity toward the 49ers or the organization. So, JT, I know you've been ready for this one. What do you got to say about that? 100% petty. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, this is what makes some athletes just so great is that they carry this level of pettiness. But I just want to know what I want to know what the relationship was between those two at Stanford, because how sorry do you have to be as a starter that if that same coach gets a starting job in the NFL, not not saying that he's going to draft in the first round. He don't even want to draft you in the seventh round. He's like, no, take him off the board. Like, I'm not wasting a pick on this guy. I've just I recruited him and saw him for four years. There's got to be more to that story. Like, I just can't imagine a guy coming off a successful season in college and is like, all right, this is one of my seniors. I don't even want to take a look at him. And then for him to go to a division rival, like, you just can't let that happen. But, I mean, he if I guess if that if I was Sherman, I'd be pissed off too. It's like, dude, I, I'm the one that kind of helped you get this job because we're winning games, so they're seeing you as a coach. How are you going to take me off your draft board? But uh, I'd be interested to see Hallbar's side of it as to why he did it. It's probably because he's cocky as hell, but I, I still want to know. <laughs> Chad, what do yeah, you think? Yeah, no, I mean, again, I, I'm with Richard Sherman on this for the fact that, like, yeah, it was petty, but that's how he gets his edge, man. That guy, he, you know, he, he played college. He started, I think, as a wide receiver at Stanford. Had to move to the other side of the ball. Was an underdog. No one had him on there. I mean, it, Harbaugh wasn't the only guy that didn't have him on the draft board, but the fact that Harbaugh didn't even consider drafting him, I can't blame him for being pissed and having a chip on his shoulder and, you know, uh, wanting, wanting to kick his ass every time they played. Excuse my French. But, uh, but yeah, man, no, I I can see how he was upset and how once once Harbaugh was out the league, he considered going over there. So Chad, Chad, just think about how crazy this is. That's like you in high school. Oh, you just go. won your <laughs> you just won No, serious. You just won your coach. This didn't really happen to him. I'm just saying. You just won your coach two straight state titles and now he gets this job at a university somewhere and they're like, "You know what? Hey, we're thinking about that quarterback who's been playing for it." He's like, "No, nah, I don't offer him a scholarship." <laughs> what like think about what it takes for somebody who got who helped you get the job to say, "Nah." No, he, I'm not. He, don't, he don't, was, don't, pro- don't he was probably being right. tired of being interrupted at, you know, post-game speeches. Sherman kept grabbing the <laughs> mic from him. <laughs> like, JT, I, I agree. There must be some sort of backstory for you to take. And, and it's not like Sherman's not any good in the NFL, right? Like, there's a reason why he took him off the I board. I mean, he does have a big-ass mouth. And maybe Hallbar just didn't want to hear it anymore. He's like, God, don't follow maybe. me to San Francisco. Four more years of maybe. this? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> More than four more. Like, now point. I got to pay you to hear you talk. <laughs> so the million dollar question, guys. Chad, you know, I'm going to go to you first. You're the NFL expert. Can the Chiefs repeat next season? Oh, there's no doubt about it. Um, You can look to Vegas and, and see how they feel. Um, <laughs> there, That's the that's always the sign, Dude, right? It, I mean, look at look at what they have. I mean, they have Patrick Mahomes, who's now the youngest MVP, uh, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, you know, they have guys under contract coming back. Obviously, I think their biggest obstacle right now is just staying healthy because that's one thing that they had 
at the end of the season and going up into the Super Bowl that a lot of teams don't have. They have a killer offense, and they had their tight end. They had their running back, uh, their running back room, and they had their wide receivers come back and be healthy for the playoffs. And uh, I think they have a, a team that, that one of us uh, is our favorite team to thank for that in, in beating the Patriots on the, the final day of the season to get them a bye. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that played a huge role, and I think that's their biggest obstacle next, next season, just managing the load. I know NBA players, you talk about a lot in the NBA, but – you know, if they can get to like thirteen and three or, or thirteen and two coming down the stretch and rest guys the last couple weeks, that'll be big. I know I'm foreshadowing a bit, but that's gonna be their biggest obstacle, just just staying healthy again. And I think that was a big reason they got where they are this year. So JT, can they repeat? Can they or will they? I mean, of course they can. Well, like that listen, I was gonna decipher that wait, too. The question the- is, can they? And you can take it from there. Uh, they can. I mean, if we're just talking about next year, I'm just going to say no just because he made a good point about just the health factor going into the playoffs. To be honest with you, I, I think this is probably the healthiest playoffs I've seen in a while. Like, a lot of teams, like, who, what team had, like, a major injury that really affected it? Like, the 49ers were basically at full strength, too. So, this was an odd year in the playoffs for as far as teams – having their star players healthy. I don't know if the Chiefs can do that again because Mahomes already went down last year. Uh, who's to say he'll stay healthy? Tariq Hill went down last year. Who's to say he's to stay healthy? You actually mentioned a good point earlier about um, George Kittle and his health at tight end. Travis Kelsey is never hurt, and I feel like that's got to kind of like – like the odds say that's going to happen eventually. So I think this is the team that – I can see the injury bug maybe by them next year, so I don't think they're going to be able to repeat next year just because there's no way they can stay that healthy for two full seasons playing this many games deep into the postseason. So they played last year into the postseason and this year. I'd say you're going to break down. So can they? Yes, of course they could. But will they? And I think, JT, that's what you were getting at. I think no. The injuries, great point. I had that written down as well. So since you guys covered that, I'll cover the next thing I had. They got lucky, I think, with who they got to play. Oh, Houston, Buffalo was better. Buffalo would have banged. You talk about injuries. Buffalo may not have won that game, but Kansas City was going to be banged. Somebody would have. Somebody would got. And guys, that's that's why I mentioned the Dolphins. That that win that got them that bye was was huge because that's just another week of wear and tear. But I agree. I agree. I agree. You're right. The draw that they got was very favorable for their style. And then they got Tennessee. Yeah, and then they got Tennessee. No offense to Tennessee, but they are not that Baltimore. That means all offense to Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Tennessee's very good, but they're not Baltimore, right? Can we agree with that? I agree. Like, you would have had to go on the road at Baltimore. So now you've got a young Lamar Jackson that you're going to have to face every year. you got a young Watson that if Bill O'Brien could ever figure it out. If he could just get leave. S- <laughs> I didn't want to go that far. I want to go that JT. far. If he could just leave, yes. And they Deshaun get, Watson would be formidable to the Chiefs. And they get, you know, a solid defense and a little bit of a running game and or and or maybe a tight end in there. Like, and you never know. Like, are the Steelers gonna improve? Like we said, you've got Buffalo and New England. Uh Chad already said it. New England, you would think, is gonna still be around. So 
I think that's the reason why not only is it difficult to repeat, but the road they got there with this was year. perfect, perfect storm. Ex- I will yeah, say this. Great word for another it. Another thing I didn't think about is another reason I don't think they're, they're, they will repeat or they can't repeat next year is I'm not I'm not so sure how Andy Reid is going to react now that he's won the Super Bowl because I, I normally what I would think is if this were Bill Belichick he'd be like all right we're back to work I want to win another one Reid's like hey man I got my Super Bowl I'm spending the night with my wife I'm eating cheeseburgers again like <laughs> life is good like the monkey's off my back like I don't double know. cheese yeah. double cheeseburger with cheese right yeah he said. yeah he's like yeah so he he's I feel like. He's like, I got my ring. He's like the Eagles. I got my ring. I mailed it in. I'm fine. Like, my legacy is set. Everything else that happens now is just for fun. So, I don't know if he's going to have them as hungry as he did up to this point. Good point. We're going to see. They they say he is a, a workaholic, and he, he puts his first one in, last one out, even when Mahomes shows up super early. So, we'll see. But that is a good point. That is something to, to keep an eye on. Uh, for JT so well said well said uh let's so let's get into some storylines for next year already all right never too early for this that's what we love to do on sports talk uh radio or podcast so Tom Brady and Philip Rivers they got some decisions to make JT and Chad so first let's go with Tom Brady what should he do and where do you think he lands? JT, what do you think? Well, first of all, what he should stop doing is trolling people on social media. He <laughs> had everybody going crazy, including yours truly, with that stupid-ass post that ended up being a Hulu commercial. So, Tom Brady, man, like, come on, you're losing some goodwill. Don't turn into AB now. But I'll tell you what. What he should do is he should stay in New England. And if they're willing to pay him at least $30 million, he'd be crazy not to go there. Go back there. They were just – they just won the Super Bowl last year. And it's not like they had a terrible year. They just, they had the defensive player of the year. If they get Brady some weapons and bring back your boy, Skarnekia, I think they can make this work and go to the – No, I'm Listen, serious. Is that his name? Dante, he, Dante, he's retired. He he retired I don't, for I don't, time. Everybody, everybody's got a price. I don't care what you have to do. If you got to guarantee his great-great-grandchildren jobs, whatever it takes to get that guy off the couch and back into the building, do that, pay Brady $30 million, and that's the best bet. So that's where I think he should go. If he does not go back to the Patriots, which is a strong possibility, I don't see why he's not on the first plane to Tampa. Like, that is a ready-made situation to go in there. They got elite weapons, a good offensive coach, and it's warm weather. I feel like that's a great spot for him to land. Chad? Yeah, I mean, this one's tough. I, I, I kind of wish I would have went first because I, I think he's best off staying where he's at. He's got Josh McDaniels. Um, no, Josh McDaniels has him. Well, whatever. However you want to say it. <laughs> I, I, I don't disagree with that comment. But, but yeah, I mean, he's there. He's He's been there for ages. Um, he knows he can – he can basically run the show. Um, he's most comfortable there. He's got his best friend in Edelman that can, you know, that that's gonna get him a hundred catches every year. Uh, um, yeah, and and again this year, I think the thing he ran into down the stretch is he didn't have his boy Gronk. Gronk bailed them out time after time, even when he wasn't a hundred percent. And we saw that catch up to Brady here when he didn't have the weapons that he's used to having. Um, I think he's motivated to come back, and that loss in the playoffs is gonna. 
is going to fuel him to come back, you know, train even harder to come back. Um, and honestly, like, I think that's where he's going to end up. So uh, I'm not even going to explore other possibilities. But, yeah, that's how, that's how I see it playing out. Well, I'm going to go with Brady should do what JT said, go back to the Patriots, okay? No reason to go anywhere else. And where does he land? I think eventually they work it out, give him more money, goes back to New England for another year, maybe two to get him the 45. If he doesn't, for some reason, they can't work it out. I told JT as soon as the season was over, I have a funny feeling about the Raiders. John Gruden going to Vegas, the Raiders. I For whatever reason. Who's he going to throw it to? I, I don't know. I don't know. I just have this feeling that it's the Raiders. I'm just saying. I don't know. So, um, now, Phillip Rivers. I think this one's a little bit more interesting. JT, what should Rivers do, and then where do you think he actually lands? I'm going to say the same thing that I said for Tom Brady. All roads lead to Tampa. If Brady's not going, Rivers needs to go there faster. I mean, he's already moved his family to Florida. Like I said, perfect system. Already have weapons in Evans and Godwin and a whole bunch of other guys. O.J. Howard. They got a good coach in Bruce Arians. It's literally tailor-made to be a quarterback away. So I think he should go there. Okay. Chad? Yeah, honest, honestly, that, that, was my, that was my first uh, – prediction uh because because basically everything everything's opened up for him to go there and be the man jump right in uh they got a couple playmakers on the outside and he's always thrived with bigger receivers um and mike evans if he could ever get his hamstrings right uh he's a beast that that rivers can kind of sit back and lob that ball up to with his uh awkward throwing motion um <laughs> what he's going to do man that's tough because there's not many there's not that many teams um that need a quarterback uh but yeah that that i guess that's my that's my prediction then i so i think he should retire because wow the young kid the young kids are gonna remember him if he does not have a good season, listen, he did not have a good season in 2019. If he has another bad one in 2020, like, that's the way a lot of young kids are going to remember him. You know, and that's happened to a lot of quarterbacks. Now, that eventually is not the way everyone remembers him. But, like, come on, man. Like, you've been one of the best at it. Don't go out this way. Like, you're not even chasing anymore. Like, you know, you're not even chasing. So, like. Now, if he is going to stay, I like the call again, JT, with the Bucks, but I'm not, I don't think that's where he should go. I think he should go to the Titans, and I think that would be a good spot for the Titans to bring him in because all, you can say all you want about Tannehill. I, I believe this with Tannehill. He's good, but now we've seen enough that at the end of the day, I don't think he can get you over that hump. But I think if Philip Rivers really, I did, busy, I did not know that. I did not know that Ryan Tannehill you know could not I mean? get you because over the hump. What they're going to do with Tannehill is try to franchise tag him. And what I'm saying is, it's not worth it if you can bring in Rivers. All right. So Rivers, those pieces are in place. Derrick Henry, great play action pass uh, for for Rivers. They've got young guys. AJ Brown, you mentioned him, rookie of the year. Who's who's your who's your tight end that you love that you pick up in fantasy? Oh, Janu Smith. There you go. There you go. So, like, 
He's got everything there. He's got Deion Lewis as another running back but option what? out of the backfield. He's got the same thing. Maybe not Derrick Henry, but he's got the better weapons in Tampa. But defensively, the Titans are there, and the NFC is tough, bro. He's not coming out of the NFC right now. Mm, never know. Well, talking to, let's talk about some other quarterbacks. I know, JT, this is a big one with you. Which QB, this is an interesting question, which QB would you rather have for the next 10 years? Now, you know, JT gave me a short list here, okay? He doesn't want to put guys like, Daniel Jones or Joe Burrow or Dak because I don't want those Wentz. guys for the next ten years. <laughs> what about so what about Jalen Hurts? I didn't see that name on there. Here, here are your options. Yeah, he can make the list. <laughs> Patrick Ma- Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, or Lamar Jackson. JT, you have the floor. You go first. Well, I know why you chose me to go first because you just want me to pick Lamar Jackson because he's my MVP pick. No, that's not – no. I, I know you really like this question. I'm letting you go first. You know what? Chad, you go first. You know what? You upset me, JT. Oh, Chad, you go you first. speaking privileges, man. Uh, <laughs> I'll be quiet. <laughs> no, I think this one right now, coming off of uh, what just happened, uh, you know, yesterday and, and, and where things are trending right now, I think that's a pr- pretty easy softball answer um, just based on what have you done for me lately. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, the guy's young, he's accomplished, he's breaking records, um, and he has a system in place where he can thrive for years. Um, so to me, that that's my number one go-to. Um, is it a risky pick? Not at all, but I think that's the, the easiest sure shot out of the three options. Although I do think they all three have bright futures. All right, JT, go ahead. So I... I kind of disagree with him. Not the pick, but um, that it's a slam dunk. And this is why I want to ask you this question. If I pick, if I were to pick Mahomes, is this saying that Andy Reid is his coach? Or it's a random? So the way I look at this, and I've told you this with the Aaron Rodgers when we did the earlier episode with uh, Bad, uh, Bad Medicine podcast. The way I look at this is you're picking them with not knowing any other guy, any other teammate, any other skilled position players, the coach, the franchise, it's your team, your franchise, you need a quarterback of these three for the next 10 years. You're picking blindly, basically, meaning you don't know who else is going to be on your team. Who's the guy that you want? That's the way I look at it. This is so tough because I feel like when you phrase the question that way, this is why Patrick Mahomes wasn't the number one overall pick in the draft. And it's because he played at Texas Tech, and they were like, uh, okay, he's got physical talent, but they're not winning games. And Deshaun Watson is a winner. So I could get, I guess I got to kind of go with Watson in the moment because as super talented as Mahomes is, the Andy Reid is a big factor. It's the same thing like with Tom Brady. It's like, yeah, Tom Brady's a great quarterback, but he also has Bill Belichick. Deshaun Watson is doing all this stuff with Bill O'Brien, who you guys said should never be near an NFL sideline again. So if I don't know who's going to be my coach, I'd rather go with the guy who I know can at least put up numbers with a sorry coach, and I got to go with Deshaun Watson. So when you brought this question to me, that's my initial pick was Watson because of exactly what you said. 
he really only has D Hop. Like if he had Andy Reid, if he had Tyreek Hill, oh if, my god, you know, if he had Kareem Hunt last year, now Damian Williams, like, oh my goodness, can you imagine? And he's a winner, right? He did it in college. But this is the thing that convinced me after watching Super Bowl Fifty Four of why I would take Mahomes. Because if we don't know, if we're just picking on quarterback, we know nothing else of our positions, coaches, system. This is why I'm taking Mahomes. Because in that Super Bowl, we know he has all the physical talents, right? He can make all the different angle throws. He, he can roll out of the pocket, can run if he needs to. He's tough. But he has learned how to win now in the NFL. Watson hasn't done that yet. So in the other thing, and I don't know if I can completely clearly say this, how to explain this, but if Watson was on the Chiefs in Super Bowl 54 and Mahomes was with the 49ers, even though Andy Reid is with the Chiefs in that system with Eric Bieniemy, well, that's, that's, well, you're putting him with Kyle Shannon, who's another but, great offensive But this coach, is my whole point. This is my whole point. You're saying – Garoppolo's with Shanahan. What you're saying is, okay, let me, let, me, let me flip it. Let me flip it. Let me flip it. If Deshaun Watson is with the 49ers and Mahomes is with the Chiefs, I'm not convinced, even with the 2010 lead in Watson, I'm not convinced that the Niners win. I feel like the Niners win that game because they don't have to hide Watson and he has the better but, defense behind him. I feel like but, they win that game. But Watson does not stop that Tyreek Hill play. And that's the play. Like, that's the play that changed but, everything. But because they, they don't have Jimmy G as their quarterback and they have Deshaun Watson, maybe the lead's bigger. Because think about it. If So you're telling me if, same exact scenario, Watson's on the Niners, Mahomes is with the Chiefs like he is now. You're telling me that, Mahomes is playing that bad for three and a half quarters. Deshaun Watson doesn't put up at least 24 points on them, and it's like a 24-7, 24-10 game. What did Watson do after he put 24 up on the Chiefs? Nothing. Yeah, but also it, the Texans. It's not guaranteed. The Texas defense is One terrible. One thing I know that's the Texas guaranteed. Texas defense is terrible. They, are not, they, they would have not scored 42 unanswered, i tell you that. One thing I know that's guaranteed. Mahomes has proven it. In the NFL, he has done it. And he has just as strong of a will as Watson. There's not much of a difference in my book. All I'm saying is after what I saw Mahomes do, after having three and a half bad quarters, whew, it's tough to pick against well, him. Well, yeah, it's also not as interesting as a feat to come back against a ch coach who's basically choking himself. Hey, let, let, so, let's, let's which, also not forget Deshaun Watson's torn his ACL like three times or something like that. So... I mean, I I, I know I know I don't injury and, and, and I don't and I don't and I don't want to hold that against them, but I mean that's the reality of the situation. He's a little bit more injury. But that's a good point. He's a little bit more injury prone than maybe Lamar Jackson or uh, Patrick Mahomes so far so far in his career. That's so crazy yeah, when you so say far. that the guy who runs the most is the least injury prone so far in his career. It's crazy. No, I agree. I know. <laughs> now here's the real question: Why did nobody go with Lamar? Because here's here's the counterpoint that I want to make. It's obvious last night that, and you've seen it this year and with, and with the question that we asked before, that there's a reason that quarterbacks like Jimmy G are struggling and Phillip Rivers and Tom Brady aren't playing the way they used to, and it's because these guys, these quarterbacks, have to be able to move. That's what makes Mahomes so great. That's what makes Watson great. That's what won Lamar Jackson the MVP. 
seeing where the league is moving as far as the quarterbacks having having to be mobile, why is nobody picking Lamar Jackson? Because he's still developing and he's already got it. He's got an MVP like Mahomes at a young age. He's knocking on the door. He made the playoffs two years in a row. He could be Mahomes next year and win a Super Bowl. Why is nobody picking Lamar? But that's like 10 years ago saying, are you taking Ben, Drew Brees, or Aaron Rodgers? Everyone's going to say Aaron Rodgers. Does that mean Ben and Brees stink? No. It's because Aaron Rodgers, is he's a bad man, as Stephen A. Smith says. And in my opinion, that's Mahomes. He has it all, including the mentality to win in the end of a Super Bowl. That's the that is that's a great question you bring up. That's the difference. Now that I've seen it with Mahomes, and you're giving me that question, knowing what happened in Super Bowl Fifty Four, that's why I'm taking Mahomes over Watson and, and Jackson. Could you be a prisoner of the moment? Absolutely, oh, no absolutely. But it still doesn't mean he's not good. That's the thing. We're splitting hairs almost. But when you're splitting hairs, winning a Super Bowl in crunch time—that's huge, is it not? It is, but he didn't – I feel like he didn't play well in the Super Bowl. And this was the same defense that Lamar Jackson played well against in the regular season. So, I'm just curious. I don't know. I, I feel like you're right. You're splitting hairs. But it's really it's really difficult for me to go all in on Mahomes, and I'm not guaranteeing that Andy Reid's not going to be the guy calling the plays for him because that matters so much. Like, imagine if Mahomes had Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I mean – You've always said it. It's about where that quarterback gets drafted if he gets in the right spot. But you can say the same with Lamar, right? Greg Roman comes in. He won assistant oh coach of the year. Oh, God. He's, he, he, Chad, so he, he's on this kick that Lamar Jackson's MVP is tainted because he has this Hall of Fame Bill Belichick <laughs> coaching staff in Baltimore. No, it's that literally it's you've been saying this all year. Ever it's since Lamar started pulling away from Russell that, Wilson. That's oh such Chad, a small – such a see, good coach. Chad, Chad, see, this is what you got to realize about JT. He takes one small thing of a whole pie and runs with it. Yes, that's a, that is a, a fraction of, of what I was saying. The other fraction is he had a better running game, he had better tight ends, and he had a better defense than Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson was in a tougher conference. Like, I don't get how you totally ignore. I'm not ignoring Lamar Jackson. I'm not not ignoring Russell Wilson. I'm just acknowledging acknowledging that Lamar Jackson is the MVP. All right. So let's go. Okay. Let's speak about next year then. And and this is is quick hitters. So let's, Chad, we we both know JT struggles with this concept. (laughs) But quick hitters, JT, is quick. Got it? All right, good. So, Chad, lead us off with it. The never-too-early Super Bowl prediction man, next man. season. Who you man, got? This is difficult. You don't need to pick a winner, just just who's going to be in the in the big game. I'm going to go KC, and I'm going to go Seattle. Oh, my goodness. That's exactly what no, I got. No, you're lying. So, we can <laughs> – I'm I'm not joking. I don't know if you can read that. You're not gonna be able to read it, but I got Seahawks. Wait, who's your, who, JT, who's your who you got? Quarterback for Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> my boy Russell Wilson. I just wanted to hear it. Go ahead, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, Chad. Way to throw me a softball. See, I didn't miss that. <laughs> JT, who you got? I got the Patriots and the Saints. Ooh, okay, okay. I like it. All right, are the Patriots a playoff team if Brady does not return there? JT. No, because they don't have a quarterback and who's going to be throwing the passes. 
Uh, no with a capital N and an O. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've got I've got a I've got no there as well. Chad, this is for you and I. So I'll let you go first. Does Big Ben return to a four thousand yard season type form? Yeah, even with his left arm, man. He's back next year. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. JT. We I kinda know what you're gonna say, but go ahead, JT. Yeah, it's four thousand yards. Like that's not that hard to get. <laughs> he probably would have reached that this season. <laughs> not everyone gets four thousand, bro. You think that like just grows off of trees? That is not true. Yes, he returns to that form, or at least I'm hoping so. All right, this we we're doing a lot of AFC North here, by Ooh. the way. Is wonder Joe why. Burrow? Huh? I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> is Joe Burrow the number one overall pick of the Bengals? And if he is, does he turn the franchise around? JT. I'm still stuck on this because I think the Panthers could move up to make a play. They already got his OC and Joe Brady, but. You've been saying that. You're speaking it into existence. Just, that might be one of your better moves if that or predictions if that happens. It just feel, they, They're getting rid of Cam. It just feels like it could happen. But I just think that the Bengals need a quarterback. They're all in on him. I think they do. Does he turn around the franchise? It depends if the Bengals front office breaks their historical pattern of being cheaper than that. If they can do that and switch things up, I think he can turn it around. Okay. Uh, uh, he's definitely the number one pick just based off of his accomplishments at LSU this year. It was an incredible season. Um, does he turn the franchise around? When you think of the Bengals, um, does a bear poop in the woods? <laughs> like, <laughs> No, he doesn't turn. I don't know. No, like, what's the answer to that question? <laughs> Dude, no, he doesn't turn it around. Not by himself. Now, it's going to... Will they be formidable maybe in a couple of years? Possibly, but he's not he's not winning Super Bowls all alone, like on the Bengals. I'm sorry. So yeah, I think he goes I think the Bengals take him number one overall. And then JT, I agree with you. They he won't be able to turn around on on his own, be able to turn it around on his own if they don't get him the pieces. And, you know, that includes another receiver. As well as, and maybe even more important, is a defense. Yeah. Got to get a stronger defense in there, however they do it through the draft, free agency, whatever, trades. So I agree with you there, JT. Or just turn around um, and give the ball to Joe Mixon. <laughs> uh, JT, I'll let you go first here. Staying in the AFC North, does Lamar repeat as MVP? No, it's damn near impossible to repeat. <laughs> like, yeah, it is tough. Especially when you're that young. They'll – He'll have to go over another hurdle before he gets to another MVP. Okay. Any early season, early, way too early uh, pick, or you want to hold off till uh, next gonna, year? I'm going to go with Mahomes just because I feel like Ooh, if, if, okay. Andy, no, if Andy Reid comes back and he stays healthy, he would have won it this year. So, Okay. Chad, no, nah, he He won't repeat his MVP. Um, again, as we talked about earlier, it's going to be hard for him to run that same offense and stay healthy for a whole season. Um, he's not injury prone, but yeah, I mean, running the ball 20 times a game, there's no way and 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 the defenses are going to catch on to that. Um, and then my prediction for MVP, I'm going to stick kind of to what we were talking about earlier. I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson, despite his lack of, uh, creativity on offense. I, I do think he's a, a really good quarterback and he has some weapons there, um, as he's shown at the end of the season to, to put up some big numbers. So. I'm going to go Watson with the MVP prediction. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to say no, he does not repeat. Um, and, Chad, who do you think I got as MVP next year? 
Is it uh, that guy from Western Pennsylvania? <laughs> nah, nah. You said his name, bro. Man, you blew another softball. Who the fuck uh, Russell Wilson about man, all year? On. Russell Wilson. Thank you, Russell Wilson. All right, next question, because Russell Wilson's going to win the MVP next year. Do the Dolphins make the playoffs? JT, you first. That's your hometown team. No, we still have more tanking to do. Hey, <laughs> for I, th- I thought you were going to put on like some type of presidential pitch and drop the mic, man. <laughs> that is a drop the tra- mic. We got we got more tanking to do. We got more draft picks to acquire and more talent to draft. Bro, is it for Trevor? You tanking for Trevor? Oh, all day. Okay, okay. Uh, Chad, what do you nah, think? I don't know. They're not making the playoffs. So they do have a few first-round picks, as we all know, and a couple second-round picks. So I just want to see what they do. Um so I think for the Dolphins, if they make the playoffs in the next two or three years, that's that's a victory because they'll be building. I'm going to say no, but I don't think we're – I'm not just laughing about it. Like, I think they're going to be a formidable opponent for everybody, and I I like what they're doing, and it started with the hiring of, of their coach, uh, Brian Flores. I, so. I agree with you. If we don't make the playoffs, it'll be by design. Okay. <laughs> let, let me ask you guys this. Do you see them, or who do you see as their starting quarterback week one? Fitzpatrick. Same guy? Yeah, Fitzpatrick. Okay. Uh, they, they've, they've resigned. So no already. chance at Tua yeah. in the first round? Well, it depends on where we can get him. If he – I don't think we're going to take him with, that, with the highest pick. If he's around at the second pick that we have, then I think that's where you have to start considering taking him. All right. All right, uh, that's a good point. Good point. All right, so instead of surprise JT to end this show, we're gonna go with trivia time. You ready, JT and Chad? Hell no. You know, you know how you know how I feel about this. Thing, man. Whatever. <laughs> this is this is our version of T-shirt time by Jersey Shore. We got trivia time. I don't watch that show. I keep telling you that. <laughs> uh, shame on you. You're missing out. So, first question because we just had the Super Bowl. These are Super Bowl related. What receiver holds a Super Bowl record for that particular game, the Super Bowl, for most rushing yards? Do I have to answer it in the form of a question? No. No, this is not Jeopardy. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. You want to go first? I don't know the Mark answer. Marcus Allen? Answer. Chad, you just lost your NFL expert card. I said receiver oh. with the most rushing. Oh, receiver! I'm sorry. Marcus I Allen's think a running, running back. back. I didn't hear it. Oh no. Okay. Okay. I forgive uh-huh. you then. I it's forgive Debu you. It's Samuel. <laughs> Who do you think it is, oh, Chad? That's a tough one, man. Uh, Jerry Rice. The person. The Percy Harvin playing. JT. Huh? JT. You are what? correct. It's Debo wow. Samuel. Hey, there we go. About time you finally got hey. one. <laughs> yep. He said it in Super Bowl Fifty Four. All right, and this other one, this is now this is a tough one. Can you tell me the teams or the Super Bowl numbers? There's only three times that a losing team lost the Super Bowl and then came back the very next season to win it. Who are the three teams? Well, one of them is definitely a Patriots team. <laughs> Man, that's tough. It is, but which one? Uh, um, the one that lost to the Giants. <laughs> Nope, CJT, you're so close, and then you just don't think about wow, it. Wow, the one that lost to the Eagles. 
There yeah, you there go. go. Uh, there I think the go. other they team lost to the Eagles. The came back. Hold on. They they lost to the Eagles and they came back and beat the Rams in Super Bowl Fifty Three last year. What was your think, other one? I think uh, the Dolphins Chad? did that once. Do you know? Do you know? When? Uh, it was the seventy two Dolphins or seventy one? Uh, seventy. No, it had to be seventy two. Yeah, seventy two. We were undefeated, so we won it. And then 71, so, we lost. There you go. In 71, Super Bowl six, they lost to the Cowboys. And then in the 72 season, came back and beat the Redskins to cap off their undefeated season. All right, not bad so far, guys. You know the third that's one? A, a little bit more challenging that's a now. Tough one, man. Uh, I'll, oh, hold on, hold on. I, I think, I think, I, I got a good guess. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't know. If, I don't know if this matches up. Is it the Rams? No. My um, guess would have been like the Redskins. No. So, you got one last guess, or you want me to give it to you? It's probably some Super uh, Bowl ten team or something. Uh, Cowboys, <laughs> Cowboys, Steelers. Wow, wow. Do you know when though? Man, it was definitely one of those seventies teams. I don't remember which one. I want to say like because I know the Steelers beat the Cowboys. In one of those, so it was probably like Super Bowl eight or nine. Uh, no, Super Bowl. S- it might have been rated uh, seven. I don't know. So it did not involve the Steelers, uh, okay. though. It was Super Bowl five. The Cowboys lost to the Baltimore Colts, okay. and then the next year beat the Dolphins. Okay. So it was almost basically back to back Super Bowls there. Was your that boy, we had. your boy, all time best quarterback Johnny Unitas involved in this? Johnny U, Johnny U. Only hold on, side note. Only person I've ever heard when asked the question all time, who would you start your franchise as a quarterback? This man said Johnny Unitas. <laughs> why not? <laughs> Tell me why not. They're like, hey, who do you any quarterback in history you start your franchise with? Johnny Unitas. Never why heard not? that. Before. That's almost why not. That's almost this. comparable to one of this uh, person to be named later. No, the, uh, asking uh, who your top five running backs of all time, and them them asking permission for Bo Jackson. That was. Uh... Can I put Bo Jackson in my top five? <laughs> we promise to get, we promise to get a special special expert on the show really soon. Oh, so stay tuned man. for that. Well, that wraps up our NFL 2019 season. However. Of course, JT and I, we will be talking about the combine like we did last year, the NFL draft. We will have free agent signings. So please stay tuned for that. Chad Fox, once again, thank you very much for coming on and being a great guest as always. So we appreciate that. I appreciate you guys for having me on once again. It's been a great season and uh, it's always fun to follow you guys and uh, just, just follow your predictions and see how... See how good you guys okay. really know the game because, I mean, you guys are almost like 10% correct on those picks. Hey, man, that's pretty good, though. It's like being a weather oh, person. Man. Nah, it was fun, guys. Appreciate it. It was. It was. We had a great time. Thank you again. And to our listeners out there, as always, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. And remember to please subscribe to us, JT and the Don. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio app, and wherever else you find your favorite podcasts. And please, if you like what we do, please leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, please leave us a five-star review. And also, please follow us on social media at JT and the Dawn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So, JT, great episode, man. Got any final words for our uh, guest? Uh, damn. Wow. I can't believe football's over. It's going to be a long time until August. <laughs> I know, man. We're, I'm missing it already. Missing it already. But, JT, great episode. Hope everyone enjoyed it out there. And, JT, until the next episode, see ya. Peace. Peace.